1: Oh, I've been watching it for 40 years! Are you kidding me? You're listening to Winning
2: Cures Everything. Game day, baby. Wake up or get out. Here's your host. My confident young man. A superb athlete. Gary Segers. Welcome in. Winning Cures Everything is the Sunday, September 3rd edition of the show. And it is time for Week 1 Reactions. Yes? We know that there are still games going on. We still got LSU, Florida State tonight. We got Oregon State, San Jose State this afternoon. Right now, as we speak, Rutgers is up 14 to nothing on Northwestern. Definitely not great for for me picking an underdog there. Uh, but we do have the Monday night game as well. I will hit on those at some point. But right now, we got to talk about all the stuff that happened Thursday, Friday, Saturday. We got big time stuff. Uh, you can follow me on social media. Of course, I'm Gary. Uh, at Gary WCE on TikTok and on Instagram. For right now, I am still waiting on Twitter and the powers that be in the Bay Area. Uh, Elon, help me out. Free Gary, hashtag, all that good stuff. And of course, the guy to my right on your screen, one Matt Huey. Matt, how are you? Tell everybody where they can find you, all that good stuff.
1: Good. Matt, you find me on uh, Instagram, Matt underscore PT underscore dip. D-I-P underscore M-D-T.
2: I love how long those social media names are. I, Explain it to the people. Explain why it's so long.
1: Because that is like this really high-level certification that I have that, like, I worked for, like, two or three years to get. And I just created it and
2: put it out there. And lo
1: and behold, the thing took off and i'm kind of afraid to change it
2: i can understand it i can understand it <laughs> it's so long but it's all these different uh different things for your certifications right so yeah the, it,
1: it's like what i do at, for a living so that's
2: yeah it's it's yeah. like me with the gary wce right it's winning cures everything it's right there it's yeah. very easy to find so uh, let's see. Let me go on and remind everybody the Bet US College Football Show, Tuesdays and Wednesdays, 1 p.m. Eastern time. We just hit 14,000 over there, like right before we started the show. So we appreciate you guys for that. Let's see if we can get to 15. Uh, but go subscribe there and check out, you know, the, the live shows and whatnot. We do some uh, YouTube shorts as well, toss out some pizza bets, all that kind of stuff over there. Three Dog Thursday is on this channel, myself and TJ Reeves. Of course, TJ, for those that don't know, the uh, Tampa Bay Buccaneers sideline reporter, he and I talk about the college football underdogs for the week on Thursdays. Typically, that's going to go up about 2 p.m. Central Time, of course, God's time zone. So make sure that you tune in for that. If you would like to see all of my stats, all of my numbers, all the different things that I look at each week, you can go over to buymeacoffee.com slash cures, and uh, you can donate to the cause if you would like to do that. So go ahead and tune in over there. I'll have all of my projections, all that kind of stuff over there. And if you want to know the bets that I make each week, you can follow me on Telegram. So go in your browser, go to t.me slash GaryWCE. That's the easiest way to get to it. Uh, Easy stuff, easy stuff. All right, Matt, we got a lot of stuff to hit and only about an hour to hit it, so... Uh, let's see, looking at our recording time. All right, we're good to go. Uh, you guys jump in the chat if there's anything that you want us to talk about. We've got seven games that we're going to hit, and then we're going to rapid-fire through the other conferences, but we will answer questions, everything else. Toss them in the chat. We would love to hear from you. Matt, we will start off week one with Colorado and TCU. and That's it, why
1: I got the prom time glasses I on. I see.
2: I see. The, <laughs> the,
1: I remember, I mean... We grew up during like main prime time, like yes, yes. beyond, you know, playing two sports, just just killing it, having the shoes and all that. That was a good game yesterday.
2: yesterday oh. was so good. <laughs> I was so wrong about Colorado, and I think a lot of people were right. Uh, this team was ready to go from from the word go, and we're going to pull it up on the screen here. Uh, Let's see. Toss out the da, 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 the overlay so that you can actually see all of it. But man, you look at those stats: forty-five to forty-two, they won in Texas, went to TCU's out. and this is the the transfer portal, right? This is what happens. You nowadays it would have taken a long time to turn over a one and eleven kind of roster, and you have a team that went one and eleven, and the only win was over Cal in overtime. And TCU, on the other side, went to a national championship game last year. And you get into this season, and now the 1-11 team can compete with and beat the team that just made the national championship game. Now, I understand TCU lost a bunch of guys, etc., but it, look, if you thought the Coach Prime hype was a bit too much leading into the season, just wait. I mean, this is absolutely insane. It's going to be awesome to watch. I'm excited about it. I don't know about you, uh, but this is going to be fun. I, I, I'll tell you this. Looking at these stats, I was right about one thing, and that is the offensive and defensive lines, I don't know a whole lot about those for Colorado. I don't—so long as they stay healthy, they're going to be okay. But it was obvious that they were not all that concerned about trying to run the football. Right. No. You look at their running numbers, 34 attempts, and that does include sacks. So, but 34 attempts, 55 yards. That's only 1.6 yards per attempt. That's not great for Colorado. But it doesn't matter when you got Shador Sanders going 38 out of 47 for 510 yards and four touchdowns. He was slinging
1: <laughs> and good, Ugh. consistently good passes.
2: Yes like he was fantastic i did not know that i didn't think that he was going to be able to go from fcs competition to this and again let's not get it twisted tcu lost a bunch of dudes off of last year's team but tcu is significantly more talented than anybody that shador sanders went up against in the fcs last year like it's it's insane what what were your takeaways from this one
1: Oh, like okay. So it started out. I mean, I thought, you know, a lot of hype. You're coming into this game. You're gonna be a lot of emotion. You we, we want to show. Okay. But they kept it up. Yes. They kept they they kept that intensity up. Uh Sanders hit and I swear, how many Sanders were in that game? I swear. I think there's four.
2: It's it seemed it like, like a lot.
1: It kept saying Sanders and Sand. I'm like, how many like the like, both of his sons? Is it two sons of his?
2: I think, yeah, I think so. I think so. It, Uh, And then, I mean, but now, but yeah, Shiloh Sanders, uh, it may have only been two, but, but you got Deion.
1: TCU. That was a Sanders too. And that was throwing me, but even when they made mistakes, yeah. yeah, When they made (laughs) mistakes, like the inner, like the, uh, the interceptions, the fumbles, they didn't get down on themselves. They kept playing. They kept playing just as hard. Like, Oh, no, we're, we're, we're going to, Hey, keep going, and they just kept at it. They kept at it, but I could see, like like you said, the defensive like as you got toward into the third quarter, into the fourth, struggling a little bit. Yeah, they, they you could tell oh, they're getting handled a little bit more. They're, they're it's it's not well. There's but, no depth uh, on
2: the lines. Yeah. There's just no depth. And, and when you look at what TCU did rushing the ball, Imani Bailey, 14 carries, 164 yards. He did have that 174-yarder. <laughs> but Trey Sanders was good, too. Like it, Chandler Morris ran the ball around. like They were able to get some push on, the, uh, on that Colorado defensive line. But, man, the job that uh, Sean Lewis, the offensive coordinator for Colorado, did in this game, that veer and shoot, uh, was insanely successful here. And then Charles Kelly, the defensive coordinator, was awesome. Absolutely awesome! Uh, Double O'Neill jumped in on the chat. He said, "Win is a win. Yes, a win is absolutely a win. And there's nothing bad that you could take away from this. Uh, No, it's wild. So, like,
1: (laughs) I mean, it like, like I feel like like you you need to ride this this whole this whole week. Yes, whatever. You you just ride it as much as you can. It's a win. And I do think I did see some people talking like." national championship I'm like okay look now
2: Let, let's not go crazy it's not go i
1: crazy. do think a bowl game i'm, I'm like right if they keep this up i'm like okay
2: if they stay healthy absolutely they yeah. will. the issue is obviously depth right not only on the lines but it, they got two freshmen that are backing up Shador sanders that's it so if Shadur sanders goes out uh this offense might be in yeah. trouble now we don't know what the freshmen are going to look like but they are freshmen they you know we know we know what most freshmen look like uh let's see double O'Neill said Utah versus Colorado pac 12 championship game uh <laughs> that would be wild uh that, right before that would go be, be interesting people. to watch yeah uh a biblical commentary uh network jumped in it said Colorado haters are silent now and then James s jumped in and said after one game huh so yeah there's still people that are going to be doubting this um Look, they looked good, especially for a first game. I don't know that I necessarily agree with Deion Sanders coming out in that press conference afterwards. Did you see him talking to Ed Werder uh, from the other? Oh, NFL I, miss, I yeah. missed
1: that. I was starting to flip around again. I was like, oh, I need to watch this press conference.
2: Who he came out like talking about? Do you believe? Like, do you believe now? And I mean, he was going at it, but he act he was acting like they won the national championship. But after all the offseason stuff, I think I saw that they had over eighty new players on that team. I thought it was yeah. like seventy something, but it was like eighty three or eighty six. Yeah,
1: it was ridiculous. The number, well, I mean, I saw that they they posted on their returning offensive starters was only like eighteen percent for TCU and only fifteen percent for Colorado. So it was like, yeah, all new guys, one dude, all new guys. <laughs> and you, tra- but that's the thing. You traveled to Texas. You traveled for your first game. Your your first hype, and you're not even playing in front of your home. Stand So you don't even really have, like, that advantage, and you played like that.
2: Oh, just wild. All right, and so one more question before we hop off of this one. Uh, who should be getting the Heisman hype here? Is this – is it Travis Hunter for playing, like, 120-plus snaps, which I don't think he's going to be able to do every game? Uh, but, man, he one interception, uh, a pass breakup, had three tackles on the, uh, on the day, and then he had 11 receptions, 119 yards – uh, on offense. I mean he was he was bonkers, but he played a ton. Oh, uh so yeah. Travis Hunter or Shador Sanders, which one which one's better here?
1: I, I so I thought about that. I was like ugh, maybe Sanders. If he if he keeps it up like okay, maybe may, maybe more on that side. Quarterbacks playing both love, sides anyway. of the ball. Yeah. Yeah. And playing both sides of the ball that you're going to wear your body out in you know, four or five games, you're just you're just going to be beat and you're going to have to kind of go one one or side or the other
2: yeah yeah i agree uh th- by the way i should uh i should absolutely mention dylan edwards was awesome had four touchdowns on the day three receiving had one rushing touchdown uh he ran six times for 24 yards and caught five passes for 135 yards and three touchdowns <laughs> it's, it's, i mean it's just numbers he was targeted five times he caught five passes just insane absolutely insane uh we will move along and we're gonna get rid of that one close that let's talk about houston and utsa and this one was wild absolutely wild people expected points and whatnot we didn't get points that's okay we're gonna go on and pull it up on the screen so you can see what we're looking at look total yards utsa outgamed them by uh, almost 100 yards uh, but when you turn the ball over three times, that's an issue. And I, I'm going to say it right now. Doug Belk is back. That's the defensive coordinator at Houston. Houston was awful on defense last year. But when you hold UTSA to 14 points and only seven points through the first three quarters, uh, absolutely. James S. jumped in. He said, I had Houston plus one and a half. Yeah, I had I had Houston money line once it got to two and a half. Um, the talent on Houston's roster is just overall was better so they would be able to you know you're going to see some plays from Houston that were awesome and you go back and you watch the highlights you go back and actually watch through the game and they made some absolutely dynamic plays Donovan Smith the quarterback 22 out of 34 passing 233 yards two touchdowns and he ran the ball 13 times for 31 yards he was able to get out of trouble Uh, you look at what they did on third down they were five out of 15 that was better than the four out of 13 from UTSA Uh, I'm sure the numbers are Pretty similar, but uh, look, UTSA, I think overall on a down-to-down basis, probably better than Houston, but when you turn the ball over like that, it kind of led me to think Frank Harris, uh, while he has been there forever and whatnot, he was having trouble reading that defense. I think some of that was Doug Belk. What did you take away from this one?
1: I thought Houston, I mean, they came out with a bang. That was it. They go, oh, okay, they're going to run away with this game. And then it was just, yeah, it kind of fell flat in the middle. It yeah. Was,
2: yeah, absolutely. If you, if you get, Second and third quarter, it was yeah, not a whole lot of anything. It, it, there were turnovers that led to, you know, seven points for um, uh, for Houston. But, and that's what basically won the ballgame, right? Like, it, it was, at Tony Mathis, uh, the, the running back from West Virginia came in, eight carries, 38 yards for uh, Houston. And then Donovan Smith was the leading rusher. Uh, 13 carries, 31 yards. Uh, Sneed was pretty good. Seven carries, 26 yards. I mean, these are not great averages, right? 4.8, 2.4, and 3.7. Um, you look on the other side, UTSA was able to run the ball. Like, Houston was only able to get 2.7 yards per attempt. Uh, on UTSA side, 5.9 yards per carry, and they ran the ball 35 times. Uh, the passing was the issue, right? 18 out of 36 passing for Frank Harris, 209 with one TD and three picks. This was not, this was not a great UTSA performance, and Houston, like this is one that I think Dana Holgerson needed because I, I talked about this last week. I don't believe that, I don't think that the powers that be at Houston, Tillman, Fortida, and and the president and everybody else, would have been very happy with Houston losing a home game to UTSA in their first game as a Big Twelve member. I think that would have looked bad. You you feel the same way?
1: Yeah, I don't know what it is about Dana uh, Hogerson. <laughs> I have just never liked him.
2: Oh, I love him! I love him. I, Red I, Bull and I, I just and go. don't.
1: I, I just I just don't know what it is. I mean, they talk so highly about him. I'm like, ah, I just like, ah, I don't, I don't know. I don't know about him.
2: He, I don't know. I think he's fantastic, but th- but that's a personal preference kind of thing, right? Like it, it, it the expected points on this, by the way. So I've got it pulled up from uh, GameOnPaper.com. Uh, you look and see the so UTSA was plus 0.27. Houston at the end of the game was minus eleven point seven two. UTSA on a down to down basis was significantly better than Houston. However, Houston had players that could make plays that would be able to win them the ball game, and that's that's the wasn't, difference.
1: Wasn't UTSA they were go, trying to go down the field right at the end? Yes, all the games start running together for a while. Trying to get down the they when you need it to at the end of the game and they just could not just just keep the drive going. They, it just it just didn't look clean. It ah uh, it was just at the end I'm like ah uh, just just can't get past a little bit uh, yeah I was a little disappointed I was disappointed in that why it was like you need to get these points you need to make these big plays. The, and, and they just didn't do it. And then.
2: yeah, no, you're you're absolutely right. Bueno Nelson, Bueno Nelson jumped in. Aloha from Hawaii. Thank you, Stanford, and uh, the over. <laughs> he covered those. Uh, James S jumped in, said Daniels looks very comfortable in that position, like he's been there before. Um, yeah, uh, which Daniels are we talking about? Who are we? Oh, he's talking. Ah, you're you're in on the Hawaii thing. Yeah, Stanford looked fantastic, by the way. Ashton Daniels. Uh, we'll we'll hit that when we do our rapid-fire stuff. Uh, but yes, that Stanford, absolutely. So Houston, uh, again, not as good on a down-to-down basis as UTSA, but they had playmakers that made plays, and it was awesome. It was awesome. <laughs> I think Biblical Commentary Network said not JT Daniels. <laughs> Definitely not. Definitely not. All right, uh, let's pull that off the screen. Let's continue on. And let's talk about the uh let's talk about one of the Thursday games. Okay. And I want to hit on Minnesota thirteen and Nebraska ten. And look, I wrote down here same old Nebraska, two and fourteen in one score game since two thousand fourteen. And my notes on it were this. Nebraska had four turnovers that led to ten points. They had two goal to goes and only scored three points on those two drives. They held Minnesota, who loves to run the ball. You know P.J. Fleck loves to run the ball. They held him to only 2.2 yards per rush, 25 carries, 55 yards. Nebraska should have won this ballgame, and yet here we are. Uh, Jeff Sims, who looks all-world, absolute playmaker, uh, couldn't get it done. The last two drives that they had where they were just trying <laughs> to put the game away, they turned it over and gave up, which, by the way, uh, the kid for – Minnesota Jackson, unbelievable catch. I mean, that was game of the year, like catch of the year type catch. Uh, this was this was phenomenal. What uh, He didn't what have did a catch see? out
1: of bounds too, did he?
2: Uh, yeah, he had that crazy one that was uh, that ended up being ruled out of bounds. Just yeah, on on the same drive.
1: Yeah, that, that seeing that count, like oh whoa, that was a good catch.
2: Yes. Absolutely. What? Uh. What? So tell me. Tell me what you felt about this one, because I'm. I, I still think Nebraska's pretty good. Uh, if you look over, so you look on here and you see the uh, sack adjusted rushing yards. So if you don't take away the sack yards, Nebraska 207 yards, average 6.1 yards per carry. Minnesota still only 67 with three yards per carry. Oh.
1: Part of me just wants Nebraska to be really good again. I, I don't I don't know. I guess it's just to feel comfortable in this world. It's like Nebraska just needs to be really good. And it and it just said, yeah, right at the end, it's like you you let this slip away. Oh yes. And it and it like, oh, and it's just turning that like, yeah, it's Nebraska. That's what they do. It's like I I just want you to be good. I want you to have like a really good season. Go to the the Big Ten Championship, possibly the playoffs, just to be like, "That's good." Nebraska's good again. I can really hate them. Like, like
2: order is restored because you can't hate yes, them when they're losing.
1: Like, <laughs> no, it's just it's just like things aren't right, and it was just like you're right there, and you couldn't do it, and it was oh, I I was I mean. Everyone else in the house was asleep, so I had to be quiet watching that game. But, man, that was...
2: The the catch at the end was... Into, well, the yes. two catches, the one that didn't count and the one that did were some of the best catches that I have ever seen. Uh, that Jackson kid, nine catches, 68 yards. He did have that one touchdown. Uh, which, by the way, Minnesota's quarterback, uh, Kelly, Agmanis, Kelly Agmanis, I heard him talking about it, and I couldn't pronounce his name to save my life. But, uh, but I had heard, you know... It, fall camp and whatnot they they thought that he was an absolute dude like they thought they had a good quarterback 24 out of 44 196 yards uh it was not great as far as a yards per catch average but uh, he was able to hit some dudes and you know there were some drops uh certainly that that probably hurt that average but man uh, Minnesota like up until that la uh, until the last two drives, there was nothing that they had done in this game that warranted winning the game, right? Maybe no. on defense, you were able to get some stops in the red zone, but it felt more like Nebraska stopped themselves. It, at least that's how I took it. Is that how you took it,
1: this? It, yeah, no. It's like Nebraska lost the game. Yes. It, not like Minnesota. The, the, so the, you let Minnesota stay in the game. Minnesota is a good team. Like, I, I do like watching Minnesota because I always felt like they were just somebody you beat up in the Big Ten. Yeah. But yeah. it's it's still like Nebraska. You're the better team. You you, you need to win this game against a, a a good Minnesota team. But
2: you see this uh, on your screen here. That's the win probability. Yeah, like how much it changed <sighs> during the game. <laughs> it's just nuts. It's nuts to think about. And and this, of course, uh, the expected points. How it changes so much. Um, and you see Minnesota like bounced back up towards the end because they were doing well early. And then it just drops, 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 and there you go. Uh, the turnovers, that is that's something that is going to have to be fixed by Jeff Sims. He is going to have to uh, quit turning the ball over, or they won't be able to play him. Uh, that, was, that was rough. That was rough for sure. Uh, we'll move off of that one. We've got three more games that we're going to hit before we, well, I guess four more that we're going to hit before we rapid fire here. Uh, and we're going to start with this one. Right the times. Ohio State, 23, Indiana, 3. There's not a lot to take away from this one other than what happened to Ryan Day's offense. I mean, this was uh, putrid. Uh, Kyle McCord, 20 out of 33, 239 yards passing, one interception. And then looking at running the ball, like obviously they did a pretty good job running the ball. 31 uh, carries for 143 yards. When you look at sack-adjusted rushing yards, They had 143 yards, 4.6. So they didn't really get taken down much. Uh, Devin Brown uh, came in, was one out of three passing for negative two yards. And on the other side, like, Brendan Soresby, who I had no— I could have sworn it was going to be Taven Jackson. uh, That was going to be your your game-long guy. I didn't see any injuries, uh, and I might have missed that at some point uh, because this game was—I mean, it was boring. I was snoozing, brother. This was, it was rough. But uh but look, three hundred and eighty total yards here, and your your biggest playmakers, you know, Marvin Harrison had two catches for 18 yards. Uh you had Emeka Igbuka had three carries for six or three catches for sixteen yards. Like Julian Fleming had six for fifty eight, and then Cade Stover, your tight end, five for ninety eight. When you were dropping down that much, that's an issue for this offense. This this Indiana team was it had it had no returning production, and obviously when you get a bunch of transfers in, obviously things can change, et cetera. Uh, maybe I am discounting Indiana a little too much, but this was not a good offensive performance from Ohio State, and we are not used to that, right?
1: Yeah, it would. It took them what like two quarters to score. Like it took them a.
2: Or do they score they, they early? Yeah, they scored in that first quarter, but then okay. it just took forever.
1: Yeah it, yeah, it yeah, okay. That's what I was gonna. If you're what are they ranked? They're top ten.
2: Uh Ohio State was number yeah. three, number two. Yeah. Somewhere around there. It's like if
1: you're if you're go, I don't like preseason rankings, but it but I understand. Ohio State's good team. You you need to come out into the first quarter, at least fourteen up. You should be at least comfortable. We got 14 points on the board on there by the end of the first quarter. You know, start looking at putting other guys in in the second half. That's how I view it. But yeah, yeah, it, it's like, Ooh, is are you just not firing all, you know, all cylinders? Is everyone just not playing well? Is there something go-
2: or do they just not have a quarterback? That's the scary yeah. thing, right? It, do you just not have a guy that can read the field well? Uh, because he he looked, I'm not going to say terrified, but it, it's like he was so scared of making a mistake that he wouldn't go down the field with it. He wouldn't look for those playmakers. He was constantly dropping down, right? I it just it felt it felt weird. They hit that that first drive, 11 plays, 80 yards, and then after that it was punt, interception, punt, field goal, punt, and and then yeah. Late in the game, field goal, touchdown, field goal, which is fine. But, like, settling for three field goals in Bloomington, that's not what you typically do.
1: <laughs> no, no. It, you, you, you can't be doing that. You, I mean, uh, it this it was not impressive. No,
2: it wasn't. Just, and just, maybe it's, it's first game, obviously. Maybe I'm overreacting a little bit here. But man, I just expected to see something different, and and we didn't even really get to see Devin Brown at all. I, I was a little shocked by that. Uh, you look at the at, and of course this is going to take forever to load up. Uh, there we go. Win probability chart. Uh, it never changed. I mean, this thing was ten to three at the half, and it never changed. So <laughs> just just absurd. Absolutely absurd. Uh, We'll move on from there. Let's talk about a surprising game from yesterday. Fresno State 39, Purdue 35. Okay, my notes on this one. Jeff Tedford turned Mikey Keene into Drew Brees. And from everything that I had read in practice reports, uh, they all talked about how the defenses for both of these teams were well ahead of the offenses. I didn't see that at all. I mean, this was bananas. And maybe the Purdue side, uh, obviously things did not go well for them on offense. They had to rely on, you know, kick returns, etc., cetera, big-time plays. But this was not what I expected at all. Ryan Walters and his defense, I understand, again, it's the first game. But them giving up 39 points to Fresno State with a brand-new quarterback— not what i was expecting what uh what did you take away from this one
1: what why do you let a team what are they mountain mountain west Is they yeah, mountain west? yeah. Fresno's okay. in the mountain west came all the way there to lafayette and they and they and they hang with you do the whole game they hung with you the whole game
2: well, I lived in Lafayette. This was not with you. Let, let's, yeah. let's correct this for the Fresno State okay. fans that are obviously yes. going to yes. watch this. Yes. yes, You see the total yardage here? 487 to 363. They outgained them by 120 yards.
1: <laughs> yeah. They came in. There is nothing to do in Lafayette. I lived there for four months. There is nothing to do. There's no reason they shouldn't have been better prepared for that game. There's oh. nothing but the cornfields around there. But – Fresno State looked really good. Yes. Like that. Yes. I was watching and I, I like Fresno State uh, years ago. Oh, oh, Pat Hill. Is that his name?
2: Yeah. 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 Okay. I mean, that's been a Man, day I, year, loved
1: watching, <laughs> I loved watching. I love watching Fresno then. They may have gotten the tails kicked by somebody, but it was fun watching them. And it kind of reminded me of that. I was like, oh, okay. Fresno's fun to watch again on that. So I like, I, I do like that. I do like that, and it's good. You came in, you beat a Big Big Ten team.
2: And some of those catches, by the way, that the Fresno kids yeah. were making were just – the one where the guy gets hit and, like, taken to the ground and he still bats the ball up to where he can grab it, that was insane. Like, I, I just – I could not believe what I was watching. And I had, uh, I had an investment in this game, right? I took Purdue minus three and a half, obviously ruined – so that was a disaster. <laughs> but you look at these numbers. I mean, Keene was 31 out of 44, 366 yards, four touchdowns, and one pick. And they kind of owned the line of scrimmage, too. Uh, you look at the rushing numbers. 37 carries for 116 yards. You look at sack-adjusted, 128 for 3.7. Uh, Purdue only able to run for 109 yards. And the kid from Purdue, that Burke's kid, uh, absolutely insane. I mean, he is a speed demon. Like this guy was unreal. Uh, Hudson Card, I thought, played well for Purdue on the other side. Seventeen out of thirty passing, two fifty-four, two touchdowns. Uh, but man, you know, y- you go back and look at this without Burks and and his, you know, uh, the, oh the Tracy Junior kid that had you know one hundred forty-three all-purpose yards as well, one hundred forty-four on that kickoff return. Like, I this was this was wild, absolutely wild. So I cheers to Fresno State for winning the Mountain West, because I don't see anybody that's gonna hang with them. I mean, Boise did not look good, which we're gonna hit on them mm-hmm. in just a minute. I do you take anything else out of this one? Like am I overreacting or does Fresno look like they are probably the class of Fres- the Mountain West?
1: Fresno looks good. I, I wanna watch them the rest of the year, see how they do out out, out there.
2: Let's see. Let's uh, let's pull up the game on paper here so that so that we can look at this. EPA per play, they were in the 90th percentile, 0.29 points per play or expected points per play. Uh, success rate, 52% success rate. That's insane. That's 91st percentile in the country. Uh, EPA per drop back, they were fantastic. Mikey Keene is perfect for this offense. <laughs> I mean, he is perfect for this offense. I did not expect it. Uh, losing Jake Hayner I thought was going to be a bigger issue for them, and it did not matter at all. Not even close. Not even close. All right, let's uh, let's move ahead. Let's go to Washington fifty six and Boise nineteen, and this is the it was the Chris Peterson Bowl. Um, Gah! Uh, before before I even talk about my notes, which was not much, uh, give me give me some thoughts here. What, what did you think about Boise and Washington?
1: Boise ain't what they used to be
2: nope
1: but and and what washington they fell off a little bit past few years look they're coming back building building a better team they did they look they hit some big passes good runs stuff like that they they looked very good in this game pretty pretty solid
2: i i think that i I agree with you um washington so last year obviously they bring in Kalen DeBoer, who has won everywhere that he's been And the connection between Michael Penix and Kalen DeBoer, for those that haven't paid attention, is DeBoer was Penix's offensive coordinator when they had that great 2020 year at Indiana. After he leaves, obviously Penix hurt, not playing as well. Part of that had to do with the offensive line. Washington, they have got this figured out. Now, this game was a little bit surprising to me, um, not because of the final score. I mean, that did surprise me a little bit, but... You get to the fourth quarter, and they are still pouring on points. I mean, it was it, they never they never let up, right? And so yeah, I mean, you get they, to the was, late they, third. They did,
1: oh, they kept going and kept going and just not letting them. And I will say, I've, I've noticed that with the with good teams, no matter if they're down or they're up, they they keep at it. They keep doing their strategy. They keep at it. If they're scoring, that's great. If they're down, we're going to keep at it. And you put the pressure on the other team to to start screwing up.
2: Yeah, yeah. Uh, let's see. Cold call jumped in. Cold call samurai. He said, "Don't diss Fresno. No, 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 no dissing no, Fresno. No, no, no. no.
1: <laughs> I like I like Fresno. I like Fresno. I, I was a, I, I have been like kind of heartbroken." by Fresno the past few years. So it's kind of a surprise, but this is a good surprise. I want to see what they do the rest of the year.
2: Same here. So with Boise, so my note on this was uh, the Boise secondary is bad. Um, And then Taylon Green, the quarterback, is not a pocket passer. He's just not. And I, I understand. I mean, having him throw the ball 39 times and he ran it five, what are we doing? Like this is that that kid is a dynamic runner. And you saw it last year. Dirk Cutter, who took over as the offensive coordinator after the fourth game when they got blasted by UTEP, they brought him in and let him run around. He's incredible running the football. What are we doing trying to get him to throw it 39 times a game? That's it that's it makes no sense. So Bush Hamden, you better fix your offense. And that's probably what they'll do. They'll get into Mountain West play and they'll let him run. And it'll be fine. And maybe they didn't care about this. The Washington side of it, why they continued to throw the ball. One, if you want to get Michael Penix the Heisman, I guess you probably have to do this. So 450 yards passing, uh, five touchdowns. I can I can get that. But also, there was a part of me that wondered because Andy Avalos and Boise kind of ran up the ball or ran up the score a little bit on Fresno when DeBoer was the head coach there in 2021. It was like 40 to 14 in that game. And they just kept on scoring points. So I wondered if this was a little bit of payback for that. Uh, but yeah, this was this was a beating of epic proportions. Uh, it was never, never in doubt. I mean, this Washington scored twenty eight points in the second quarter. <laughs> it was, yeah, it was brutal. But
1: and but, but Boise missed a field goal. I mean, an extra point.
2: Yes, that's just not
1: good. Like I understand. Did, didn't they move it back for college? Uh
2: no I don't think so no it's still
1: twenty yards okay
2: yeah so like you got to be like you got to be not good to be able to miss the yeah, next yeah it's, it's
1: like <laughs> it, maybe nerves your first you got to kick your first extra point you nerve
2: it's a, I mean it's entirely can't possible do that but can't can't do that no it's it's nuts it's absolutely nuts uh let's talk about the last game and then we got a rapid fire through the rest of things because there are obviously a few things that I would like to hit on. North Carolina 31, South Carolina 17. North Carolina's two top wide receivers were out for this game. One with an injury, one with an NCAA issue. And not good. Uh, But it didn't matter, right? Like, if you got Drake May, everybody can be a good wide receiver. Like, he could throw me open. Like, (laughs) it's it's insane to look at. Uh, We'll pull up on the screen here so you can see numbers. Uh, The Dukes-Mayo Classic, obviously— 24 out of 32, 269 yards. He had two touchdowns. He did have two uh, interceptions in this game. Uh, Spencer Rattler had basically the same rating. He just didn't turn the ball over. It's, North Carolina was just a better team. The most surprising thing out of this, to me, was that Gene Chizik figured out how to coach defense again. Uh, North Carolina had nine sacks and 16 tackles for loss in this game. I mean, just absolutely wild i i watching this team last year uh i would have never seen that what, what did you take away from this
1: well one i i was surprised when i saw mac brown it looked like somebody had like woken him up off his recliner and yeah. he showed up to the game he looked pretty rough and i was i got a little concerned i'm like
2: maybe i like that better
1: <laughs> i'm like uh he doesn't look too good actually i think i was on a plane with mac brown one time like, I think he was sitting in first class, and I was walking by, and, like, I'm like, is that Mike Brown? And, like, you know, but just getting shoved in. Oh, yeah. <clears throat> so, I do like him as a coach. It's so I was a little worried in the first half. Okay, maybe South Carolina's going to sit in this game. No. Yeah, and then
2: yeah, and third UNC just just kept, yeah. oh, yeah. That third, third quarter was it. it. North Carolina yeah. was four out of four in the red zone. South Carolina, three out of five in the red zone. Uh, but you you go back, you look at third downs. North Carolina, 8 of 13. South Carolina was 4 of 14. Uh, South Carolina also 0 of 4 on 4th down. So, do you do them combined, 4 out of 18 on 3rd and 4th down for South Carolina and 9 out of 15 for uh, North Carolina. Uh, the, the Tar Heels were, were fantastic. I mean, the average yards per play, North Carolina was one more yards per play, 6.2 to 5.2. yards. The, the craziest thing was the yards per rush, Right. Like <laughs> sack adjusted rushing yards. South Carolina was still six number, or excuse me, sixty five yards. Uh, North Carolina could run the ball too. That Brooks kid was awesome. Like this is this looks like a legit ACC contender, which yeah. I did not expect. And Beamer's going to go through it this year. Whew. Still, yeah, still I, a bit. Yeah,
1: I, I was I was happy with that. It's like you know last year, high hopes. They didn't do too well. I'm like oh, okay, let's let's get North Carolina back up. So I, I, again, another game I was happy with. I don't know. I'm also not on the Spencer Rattler train it, or whatever.
2: Man, I was at the end of last season. What yeah. he did to Tennessee and Clemson, but who? This I, I just it.
1: never felt like he was so like super consistent. Like I, it's just like but no, no. Of course, it's just not. something. He's another person. Just something about him. Yeah. It's like ah, just mm, I just can't. I can't. I can't buy in. Can't buy in.
2: It's it's not that he played bad. I mean thirty out of thirty nine. No, well, he, he he did yeah. awesome. But
1: yeah, he, he did well but he couldn't non-play. get the ball in the end zone.
2: No. So uh we will move along to the rapid fire segment. Let's uh let's hit on the SEC right quick. Uh my notes on this, and we'll pull up some scores on the screen here for everybody. Uh oh, we gotta talk about uh Florida right quick. Billy Napier, <laughs> old Sunbelt Billy here. Um, that was a coaching debacle. The special teams errors, the having too many guys on the field, not having enough guys on the field, guys not knowing where they're supposed to be, having two guys with the same number on the field at the same time that leads to. for... This was coaching malpractice. It wasn't that the team was awful. It was that the players had no idea what they were supposed to do, and the coaches apparently didn't either. What, what did you take away from Utah 24, Florida 11? <clears throat>
1: I am not a Florida fan. I'm probably gonna get roasted. I, I am SEC through and through. I but to see Florida lose, it felt good. But I I mean Utah coming in, higher rank, better team. Okay, cool. But but Florida started out. Okay, a few little, you know, they give a big, you know, big passes. I felt like, okay, you're only giving up big plays. You're kind of shutting down their run, you know, a couple of big play. And then um the first few drives Florida looked really good and the, the quarterback had that one play where he like he went for it I'm like oh okay yeah. okay he's a little slow getting up I thought he kind of dinged himself but then they just they're like oh okay okay <laughs> they, this they is were, gonna be fun watching them the rest of the year yes There's probably Florida fans watching but this is I'm,
2: Utah is maybe the fourth or fifth best team they're gonna play this year I would I would think yeah. especially Florida especially Utah with a backup quarterback Right. Just not great. Not great. Oh uh, Missouri and it, oh, go this ahead.
1: comes on right after watching Swamp Kings and having to remember all of that time then. All and the Urban just Myers like, stuff. Just oh <laughs> but yeah, it just it was like that is not Florida. That that uh, that just yeah, just not not Florida. Not Florida at all. Nope.
2: Nope. It was not good. It was not good. Grahamert, I don't think, was awful, but just the team overall, not well organized in that uh, that definitely showed Missouri uh, got a win 35-10 over South Dakota Bama did what they were supposed to Jalen Milrow it looks like he is going to take over that starting job for I mean as long as he needs it obviously one game it's against Middle Tennessee but 56-7 he had five total touchdowns in this one and uh, some nice deep throws that actually had some touch on him Georgia uh, it took a little while for them to get going they were only up 17-0 at the half on UT Martin but they went going away 48-7 uh, Tennessee the Joe Milton hype is not real yet. 201 yards, two touchdowns. They got uh, they got three running backs that can really do some damage, and they they kind of whooped up on Virginia, 49-13 there. Uh, Ole Miss put a 70-burger on the board. Uh, Texas A&M scored 35 points in the first half against New Mexico. So cheers to Connor Wigman, five passing touchdowns there. Kentucky 40-40-14 over Ball State. Arkansas one big over Western Carolina. Auburn... Mississippi State, and Vandy all took care of business. Uh, Moving along, and we will move to the Big Ten now. And, again, we talked about Ohio State. Uh, Man, this stuff is taking forever to load up. Um, Here we go. All right, so Rutgers is up 17 nothing right now. We talked about Minnesota. Michigan State over Central Michigan. Yeah, uh, Noah Kim, the, uh, the guy that kind of beat out Peyton Thorne, the reason why Peyton Thorne ended up transferring uh 279 yards and two touchdowns and then the running back from Michigan State uh Carter 18 carries 113 yards they kind of ran away from Central Michigan and I think Central Michigan is not going to be very good uh what did you think about Michigan and East Carolina uh did, did you able, or were you able to go back and watch some of that one or uh or just kind of scoreboard watch on this one
1: I just got scoreboard on that one I
2: what did you think about uh the the players wearing the free Harbaugh shirts and doing the, the four and all that kind of stuff coming out, you know, right out of the gates.
1: Yeah, that was, uh, that was interesting. Like, <laughs> <laughs> I, like I I kind of like that. There you go.
2: Yeah. It's, it's very interesting. They're, uh, well, what
1: are they they're ranked what?
2: Three, two? uh, number two, Ranked two right behind Georgia.
1: Yeah. You got, you got to do, you do got to put a whooping on somebody just to but, but you got your win, and, you yeah, know. And, it could also
2: be look. Your head coach wasn't there. Your offensive coordinator wasn't there. Both of them suspended for the first game. Like,
1: it, and it could be that you're like, hey, you know, we're we're just gonna try some plays in here. Okay, yeah. we're not even gonna use our good stuff. We're just gonna try some stuff.
2: That's hundred percent what the, what they ended up doing. Uh, Penn State, West Virginia. Penn State puts um 17 points in the fourth quarter, kills the uh, the, the spread for the underdog. Kills the uh, the total here because there there were a lot of people, I know a lot of sharps that were on the under 52, under 51 and a half on this one, and that last touchdown with six seconds left destroyed them. There was no reason to score it, and they did it anyway. So, James Franklin, uh, I don't know what you're thinking, but, uh, but I guess that was kind of entertaining. What what'd you think about Penn State here?
1: They look good. I I would love to go to a game at Penn State. It just looks like so much energy. They were playing really well. I was like, okay, Penn State looking good. Thought I, maybe West Virginia sticking it a little bit more and they did, and I was like, eh, okay, they they weren't really hanging in as much.
2: West Virginia, uh, their line play was okay. Like it wasn't terrible. Uh, they, look, Penn State is a really, really, really good football team. I, I don't think West Virginia is that bad. I know people no, picked I, them to it, finish last uh, in the Big. Yeah, I,
1: I don't think but, they're terrible. Like maybe middle of the road, like middle of the conference.
2: Yeah. And I, I think not that's bad. a big step not up bad. for, uh, Neil Brown and them, right? <laughs> like, yeah. I don't know if it'll save his job, but we shall see. Uh, Buffalo looked good. Uh, uh, Chez Malusi, 13 carries, 157 yards. Look, that's, they call it the dairy raid now. It's not the air raid. It's the dairy raid at Wisconsin. Um, it, it, it was not going to change overnight. I don't think, uh, Wisconsin is still going to be able to run the ball. Remember Phil Longo at North Carolina had 2000 yard rushers just a couple of years ago. So yeah, he he changes his offense to whatever personnel he's got. Cheers to him for that. Iowa uh, over Utah State 24-14, that was a disaster. Uh, that offense is still not good. Cade McNamara came out, like threw two touchdowns in that first quarter, and that was pretty much all she wrote for the offense.
1: That, that's uh, my Iowa thing. They have a good year, and they, they have built up expectations, and then
2: it's rough. It was rough.
1: Even though... Yeah, <laughs> we have a classmate that coaches at Iowa too yes we do Calvin um, yeah so he, he's still there but it's I, I I can't really hang on I like watching Iowa I just I just I can't let them you know the, yeah. the, they hurt me when I watch
2: they can't get they can't it, it's tough to watch it's very tough to watch it's a uh, it's a hard game uh, Maryland 38 to 6 over Towson and Illinois 30 to 28 over Toledo um this was I had, I had Illinois minus nine in this game or minus nine and a half in this one. Uh, Toledo actually showed up here. Um, I'll tell you this: if Illinois did not have Luke Altmeyer, the uh, transfer quarterback from Ole Miss, they do not win this game. He made yeah. some pretty incredible throws, especially late in the game. That fourth down at fourth and whatever it was, fourth and four, yeah. I think, and they threw the ball thirty yards. Have you? When's the last time you saw a Brett Bielema offense throw the ball thirty yards down the field on a fourth and yeah. four?
1: <laughs> that that like I forgot he was the coach. Really? I was like, this doesn't look like him, <laughs> and it didn't look like him on the sideline. I was like, man, that guy's looking rough. Uh, but it, it did it somebody pick like Illinois as like a Big Ten? You know, I'm like, okay, you can't let Toledo hang in this game, but it also. I do feel like this shows like the, the power of the, the the transfer portal is that these teams can compete now. Like yes, oh, indeed, I wanted Toledo to win that game.
2: Indeed, they can compete. Indeed, they can. Um, let's talk about the ACC. Pull it back up on the screen here. Let's see, Wake Forest and Elon, of course. Uh, Dave Clawson's team did what they were supposed to do. Uh, NC State. 24-14 over UConn. I, there were so many points left on the board for NC State. Uh, their defense gave up that first opening drive, and then they gave up like a 70-some-odd yard run, which you see the, the kid here, V. Rosa, had nine carries for 99 yards. One of those was a 71-yard touchdown. Um, their defense played pretty well. The offense, eh, Brennan Armstrong obviously needs to work on the chemistry with those wide receivers. That was That was brutal. Uh, we'll move over to Friday night. Louisville and Georgia Tech. Georgia Tech played like gangbusters for uh, the second quarter of this. They were up twenty eight to thirteen. Ended up losing the game thirty nine to thirty four. Uh, did you did you get any eyes on this one?
1: I didn't have a chance on that on that one.
2: Uh, Miami and Miami of Ohio was interesting on Friday night. Thirty eight to three. Uh, Brett Gabbert, the quarterback from Miami of Ohio, earlier in the week saying that we're going to show them who the real Miami is. Yeah, that did not work out well. Uh, This one I did want to bring up here. This, all right, so Boston College. Jeff Halfley may be in trouble. Uh, You cannot lose at home to Northern Illinois. Uh, Don't get me wrong. Northern Illinois is still fantastic when they have Rocky Lombardi at quarterback. They have been for three years. Uh, They didn't have him for most of the year last year, but if you're – if you're Boston College, you're in the ACC. You are supposed to win this game. Bottom line, and they just could not get it done. And so, I don't know what to think. I don't know what to make of it. But it it ain't good. I know that much. You uh, you kind of feel the same way on that.
1: Yeah, like that's another one. Northern Illinois just hanging in that game just the whole time.
2: Yes, the whole time, um, and then found a way to uh, to steal yeah, it in overtime. Just yeah, mm. just
1: get away in overtime. It's like, oh, you, 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 yeah. Uh,
2: you Pitt can't give it up in overtime. Yes. Yeah, Pitt and Syracuse—they uh, handle their FCS competition. Virginia Tech—they uh, they get revenge for last year's opening loss to Old Dominion. They win thirty-six to seventeen. Uh, Grant Wells three touchdowns and didn't have a pick, so definitely, uh, definitely a good thing on that side. Uh, we'll move on to the eh, the Pac-12. Let's see. Let's talk Pac-12. We talked about Utah. Uh, It looked great, even with a backup quarterback. Bryson Barnes for Heisman, all the good stuff. USC, uh, they handled business over Nevada after giving up a— I mean, this game was 7-7 early. So, of course, you're like, this is unbelievable. We talked Washington. Stanford on Friday night did what they were supposed to do against Hawaii. 37-24. That Ashton Daniels kid is legit at quarterback. He is Awesome. Uh, I actually sat and watched this one late night on Friday night, and it was, it was fun. The Stanford offense under Troy Taylor, you know, the former uh, Sacramento State coach, they may be onto something here. They may have some dudes. Uh, Portland State got whooped by Oregon, eighty-one to seven. They put up fifty. Yeah, in the, the first Duck half. had to
1: do like five hundred
2: and forty. <laughs> like holy cow! It, it was wild. It was absolutely nuts. Uh, Cal. <laughs> 58 points in Jake Spavital's debut as offensive coordinator. Of course, he's the former uh, head coach at Texas State. Look, Spav was awesome here. Uh, look, Finley, the quarterback, 279 yards, passing, one touchdown, one pick. But it, the kid Ott, uh, 20 carries, 188 yards, two touchdowns here. They were able to do basically whatever they wanted to in this game, and and they did it and made sure that, uh, that North Texas liked it. The darling pick that everybody liked was Colorado State to upset Washington State at home. That came nowhere close to happening. Washington State ran away with this 50-24, to 24 and, and it wasn't even that close because Colorado State scored three touchdowns in the fourth quarter. Uh, ben Arbuckle is the new offensive coordinator. He's a 27-year-old. Uh, this is for Washington State, right? Uh, Cam Ward had 451 yards passing and three touchdowns. It, this new... Offensive coordinator that came over from Western Kentucky last year that had Austin Reed doing all those crazy things. He's the guy that learned under Zach Kitley when he was at Western Kentucky before he headed over to Texas Tech. Look, Washington State. If if Cam Ward looks like that, it's going to be a tough team because you know Dickert's defense is going to be awesome. So, uh, and then the the late game last night. Uh, did you stay up and watch UCLA, or did you? See oh no. Any of it?
1: I, well, I watched Texas Tech, uh, Wyoming. I was Ooh. watching them.
2: Uh, we're we're gonna hit on the Big 12 here in just a minute. Yeah.
1: Um I, I, I was pretty invested in that game.
2: Look, UCLA 27, coastal 13, and I had UCLA minus 14 and a half on this one. I swear to you, UCLA having to settle for field goals for one, and for two, playing the wrong quarterback was very irritating. Dante Moore should have been in there uh the whole ball game. But both, both quarterbacks, Ethan Garbers and Dante Moore, both throwing touchdowns in gold— to, or throwing interceptions in goal-to-go situations is going to get you on my shit list every time out. I am so <laughs> pissed off about this. They they did it twice. Ethan Garbers did it in the first quarter, and then Dante Moore did it in the fourth quarter. Like, what are we doing, guys? So they couldn't run the ball as effectively as I wanted them to, uh, but they were they were trying to get some— some touch out of their quarterbacks. And so, eh, is what it is on that. Let's let's move over to the Big 12 right quick. Uh, let me write my time down because we are about to have to hop out. But, look, the Big 12, we, we talked about Colorado TCU, so TCU not looking great. Uh, UCF comes out, just wallops Kent State by 50. Uh, Kansas on Friday night, 48-17 over Missouri State, the uh, former Bobby Petrino-led Missouri State team. Look, West Virginia, we talked about that. Texas didn't come out crisp against Rice, but how much of that mm-hmm. is the fact that they're playing Alabama this week and didn't want to show anything. That's, that's the other part. Uh, Kansas State looked good. Oklahoma scored touchdowns on 9 of 11 drives against Arkansas State. Butch Jones not doing well at Arkansas State right now. Uh, Iowa State got a win over Northern Iowa, which was interesting because they have had trouble with Northern Iowa even when they didn't have a bunch of guys out for gambling problems. Uh, since he looked good against Eastern Kentucky, okay, here's what I wanted to hit on. Uh one, let's do BYU and Sam Houston. Sam Houston uh made that a ball game, surprisingly. Uh fourteen to nothing. BYU gets the win there. Oklahoma State they this was a ball game with Central Arkansas until the fourth quarter. It, it was thirteen to seven going into the fourth. And they scored two touchdowns, 27-13. They play Arizona State next week. Texas State forty two, Baylor thirty one. Blake Shapin ends up going out with an injury late, late in this game. So, But by that point, this game was already put away. T.J. Finley, the Auburn or former Auburn quarterback, former LSU quarterback. Uh, this is his third stop now. G.J. Keen is the – or Kenney, excuse me. G.J. Kinney is the head coach for Texas State. He has been at four different places in the last four years. So he was at Hawaii. He was at um, – he was all right, Hawaii's offensive coordinator in 2020. Then he was UCF's co-offensive coordinator in 2021. He was the head coach at Incarnate Word last year, and now he's the head coach at Texas State. They brought in the second most transfers of any team in the country, if I if I read right, behind Colorado, and they come out at Baylor and destroy Dave Aranda's defense. It. Let me ask you this. Is Dave Aranda cooked? Is he done here?
1: Oh, I bet. I bet I, I, I'm gonna I'm gonna go with that. I think I think Kenny made it taking his job because it, it's a hundred oh looks 150 miles between the schools, so it, it is like you're beating up your little brother. But for them to come in your stadium opening oh. and and beat you like that, like
2: and, it's, it's brutal.
1: And and the the way that like looking at Texas State's players having a good time loving every minute of it and it's like what and they weren't even like worried they weren't even like afraid of like losing the game
2: they They were like firing on all cylinders tj finley was awesome he was awesome in this game uh what where was that version when he was at auburn i mean good gracious uh and then let's hit on this right quick before we head out uh and and obviously i'll do a monday show i'll talk more about some of these other games as we go along but uh but texas tech losing at wyoming after they had a 17 to nothing lead this wyoming offense under craig bowl has never been built to be able to come back from 17 down obviously this was a weird one you had the weird storm delay it took forever for this game to get done but 35-33 in double overtime they lose on the two point conversion uh there were a lot of people hyping up Texas Tech to possibly win the Big Twelve, and and this is another one of those. How funny would it be if you go to Laramie and get beat by the Cowboys, and then turn back around, go home to Lubbock and beat Oregon next week? I mean, it, I don't think it's going to happen, but this was not what I expected from Texas Tech.
1: No, I, I like I said, I was I was invested. in got a lot of Texas Tech people here, but they I was like, you just getting manhandled. Uh, front. Wyoming was just staying in that game plan. I think Wyoming I will tell you this. I think Wyoming would be a very fun place to go watch a game. Oh, absolutely. From what I was seeing last night, it looked like it was so much fun. And then like, you know, they probably served steaks in the concession stand, (laughs) which another reason I think somebody in the chat talked about Wyoming is on that. But like another reason I I, you know,
2: Cowpoke I think jumping. Wyoming's
1: going to be another fun team to watch. I like Texas Tech as well. But letting Wyoming come in that game, you know, just to stay in that game with you. Like, oh, this is this is this was a good weekend. This was a really good weekend.
2: Yes. Yes, it was. Yes, it was. Uh let's go ahead and wrap this thing up. Tell everybody where they can find you again uh on social media and all that. What uh what are your social media handles?
1: Oh my gosh. Matt underscore PT underscore dip underscore MDT. That is me being goofy, a goofy physical therapist online. Um, I have a link tree on there. You can probably find my, my other socials on Twitter. I don't post stuff about football. However, I will talk to you about injuries or, or anything like that or healthcare stuff. I'm always happy to talk to that
2: as we get through the season. I'm sure there will be some injuries that we need to be discussing. So it's going to be nice to have you here with me. Uh, Along with that, of course, you can follow me, TikTok, and Instagram at GaryWCE. I'll let you know when Twitter's back. Who knows? If it ever will be, I don't know. Uh, Also, BetUS College Football Show, Tuesdays, Wednesdays, 1 p.m. Eastern time. Three Dog Thursday, of course, will be here at 3 p.m. Eastern time on this channel. Uh, BuyMeACoffee.com slash WinningCures and t.me slash W C E. Make sure you subscribe to the channel, like the video, all that good stuff. Share it out with your friends. Tell your buddies about it because we'll be here every Sunday knocking it out, telling you what happened during the week and giving you our actual reaction to this. Sometimes we'll be right. Sometimes we'll be wrong. Uh, you guys can obviously jump in the chat and correct us. For uh, for Matt Prime over there and for me, we appreciate you guys being here. And, uh, and that is going to wrap it up. Take care of yourself. Take care of each other. God bless college football, and we will see you all again next week. Thanks for listening to Winning Cures Everything. Make sure and follow me on Twitter, at GaryWCE. If you want to toss in a question, you can email me, Gary at winningcureseverything.com. Make sure and hit that subscribe button, and we'll see you next time. This is the story of the one.